This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Now, we have another question that we're going to deal with this morning. But as we have been doing, what we're going to start off with is we're going to start off with the definition of marriage. Again, I want to remind you that we get this from the Bible. Okay? We studied and we understand and we put together this definition of marriage from God's perspective. Again, we do from time to time do things that God has made available for us, but not necessarily according to his design. But here's the definition. Marriage is a divine institution. It is created by God, whereby two rational, free moral agents, a man and a woman who are born again, choose to enter into a covenant relationship with another imperfect person for a lifetime. So that's the definition of marriage, okay? Now we've been going over that, and hopefully that's been sinking in, and you've been grabbing a hold of that internally. But here's the question we're going to deal with and try to address this morning. It says, my husband is very passive and not very active as being head of the home. He is a believer and states that he's still growing. I do understand. But I don't know if I should continue to just take charge and make sure the needs of the home are taken care of. Uh, For example, talking to our children about the things of God, finances, cleaning school issues, child rearing, or do I back off and let him take the lead? I'm so afraid of our family not getting what we all need because I think he's used to me taking the lead and handling everything. I want to submit and follow and relinquish to have my plate less full. What do I do? Now I'm going to kick this off and then hand it off to uh, these other ministers, but when I hear this question, and to whoever is asking this, whomever you might be, uh, I hear the tiredness in the question. I hear um, that you state plainly that you want your plate less full. But I want to reiterate something that was stated at the end of our last Family Life uh, class where we were answering the question. And there was, I believe, Mr. Everhart made mention of task, right, versus roles. And I want to make sure that this is clear, and I want to make sure that we all have a proper understanding of roles versus responsibilities. Uh, when it comes to responsibilities, when I hear, hey, do I keep doing everything? What I hear you asking is, do I change the organization of my home? How my home is organized right now? And I want to make sure you understand this. Uh, there are needs that have to be met regardless of whatever, whatever role you feel. Every home, every home, if you don't have a spouse, your home. If you have a spouse, your home. Every home has needs. Every home has needs that have to be met. For instance, eventually you get hungry. And we need to eat. The body needs food. And when we need to eat, now the question is, okay, uh, do we cook? Do we go out? Uh, do we order out? Oh, these are just needs. And you can fill them however you want to fill them. Now the question is, you know, do I cook? Does my spouse cook? 
Who cares what the role is? Those are the needs that have to be met. Uh, when it comes to eating, well, eventually you're going to eat on your plates. <laughs> plates get dirty. And let me tell you, there are needs in the home and dishes need to get clean. Eventually plates have to be washed. Cups and glasses, they have to be washed. And I don't care whose role it is, <laughs> that's a task that has to be taken care of. Okay? These are needs that have to be met. These are responsibilities. These aren't roles. You don't have to be a wife to wash dishes. You can be a husband and wash dishes. Why? Because dishes need to be washed. Okay? You don't need to be a wife to cook. You don't need to be a husband to cook. Why? Because we need to eat. One way or the other, that need has to be met. I don't care what role you feel. And I want to make this plain. That's why I'm keep going on about this. Uh, we wear clothes. Eventually, we need to change. <laughs> so, okay, so now... How does the home, how's your home organized? Does, does somebody up here, do they sew, do they make clothes? Maybe you have a home like that. Well, that's a need that needs to be met. Somebody needs to, well, if you don't sew, somebody needs to go and buy clothes. You know, you don't have to be a wife to go clothes shopping. <laughs> you don't have to be a husband to go clothes. It does not matter. These are needs that have to be met in the home. And God, our God knows, you've got to pay bills. One way or the other. You know, somebody has a checkbook. Somebody understands what finances are in the bank. But somebody's got to pay bills for our home. You don't have to be a wife to pay bills. You don't have to be a husband to pay bills. But bills need to be paid. Okay? So some of these things that, that were mentioned, these are just responsibilities. These are needs that have to be met. You know, you're going, you're going to get trash. Should I allow my husband to take the lead and take out the trash if the trash needs to be taken out? Why? Because it's our home and we have needs that need to be met. Now, we're going to go on further to, to address this question, but I want to make sure that you draw a line between roles and responsibilities. And because you are a wife does not mean that he should be taking care of those responsibilities. Now, I do want to say this. See, that's the organization of the home. Right, organization of the home says, okay, we need to eat. Who cooks? Organization of the home might be you cook on certain days and I cook on other days. That's just the organization of the home. When it comes to finances, the organization of the home might be, well, wife, you take care of the finances. Or it might be the husband takes care of the finances. Every home is organized so that those needs are met, but those needs have to be met. And ultimately, I'm going to tell you this, though. If the family does starve, ultimately it's going to fall on whoever is leading. All right. When they were about to get kicked out of the garden, God said, Adam, where are you? Now, at the same time, I want to make sure you understand this. If your home is organized this way and it runs, don't hate. Okay? Don't hate on that. Now, we're, again, we're going to get into some things here, but I want to make sure you understand. These things have to be done regardless. And if you do these things and your home is well, good. But if you stop doing these things and put your home in jeopardy, that's not good. But these things have to be addressed. Amen. As, as Minister Martin was saying, there are things that have to be addressed that you, you take on their task in the house that have to be done. Trash has to be taken out. Food has to be cooked. All those things have to be done, and anyone can do those. But since this question is coming from the wife, I want to make sure that we understand that you have to be who God has called you to be. As a woman, you are a wife, you are a mother. 
You can only be who God has called you to be. You can't take care of what God has given the responsibility of your husband to do. Like I noticed in the question, said, "Take, you know, should I just take the lead? Should I take charge? You can't take that. You have to be who God called you to be. And you have to focus your energy on that. So regardless of what your husband does or does not do, you have to do what God has called you to do. Let's go over to Proverbs 31. Because a lot of times we talk about this virtuous woman. And if you notice in this virtuous woman, it mentions her husband and her children, but it mentions her husband and her children in relationship to what she does. So when we look at when I look at this question, there are a lot of things that seem that this person is doing, and, and, and you do them. If you're going to do them, do them. But what you have to remember is there are things that God has called you to do. There's no one thing, you know, you're saying, you know, what, you, should your husband take the lead? Should he do this? God didn't say just for the husband to teach the children. God said, we're going to read this. Let's, let's go ahead and read. So Proverbs 31, we're going to jump around. But, but the whole passage that, that we are referring to, I'm going to be referring to is 10, uh, Proverbs 31, 10 through uh, 31. But I'm just going to jump around because there are certain things I want to pull out. We're going to start with, uh, of course, verse 10. It says, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. So you can see here saying, wait a minute, this virtuous woman, she's priceless. She's valuable. So it tells you, wait a minute, what she does, she is, she is more valuable than rubies. And we all love that. I know everybody, oh, I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. They got Proverbs 31 ministry. You can get mugs and all these things. But let's go on into this and let's see what the Proverbs 31 woman does. Let's look at that. Let's jump on down to uh, verse 13. It says, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth, perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. So you can see this virtuous woman, she's putting her hands to some things, naturally and spiritually. You can see she's going, she's seeking out work to do. She's not sitting back letting things that, she's not being passive, she's not being reactive. She's being proactive. So whether she's working outside the home, in a job outside the home, or whether she's employed in the home, she's taking care of her business efficiently, effectively, the way God tells her to take care of it. She's prepared. If you go on down, she says uh, in verse 21, she's not afraid of the snow for her household, for her household are clothed with scarlet. So she's not afraid of things that may come because she's prepared. And she's not waiting. I want to say this the right way. She's not waiting for things to happen to do what needs to be done. She, she set out, she knows what God has called her to do as a wife, as a mother, just as a woman, and she's doing those things. So she's not saying, well, my husband's not doing this, so what should I do? She, she's looking, she knows her responsibility. Spiritually, let's go on down verses 25 to 27. Because, you know, she, she's taking care of all the business. She's not, not just, oh, the house is clean, the cook, food is cooked, but I'm not sharing the word of God with my family. She, she's taking care of it all. So let's go to 25, uh, yeah, verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. So her character, she has godly character. She, when it says her clothing, that's who she is. That's what's on her. That's what's in her. 
Then in verse 26 it says, She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. So she's wise. She's wise. She has something to say. She knows when to say it. She has good godly counsel for her husband, for her children. For anyone who listens, she knows how to teach the word of God. She knows how to say. She believes it says over there, it says her merchandise is good. She knows what God has given her is good. So she's not holding that back. She's not withholding that. So it's coming from the inside of her and it's working her way out, working its way out in her life. So you can see that. She's, she's doing what needs to be done. No, you know, like I said, it's not really focusing on the husband, as to the, but more the husband and the children's response to the wife. This is in no way saying that your husband shouldn't do what he's supposed to do. But as a woman, as a godly woman, you have to be these things. You have to sit down and say, I'm going to be what God has called me to be. And, you know, being a virtuous woman, it takes work. It says she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. So she's going forward. She's taking care of these things. And what she's not doing, what you can't do, is you can't focus on what somebody else is not doing. You've got to keep your eye on what God has called you to do and focus on that. And if you look at this, it tells her that that her children arise and call her blessed and her husband also and praises her. So as a woman of God, strive for these things. Make sure that you're handling what God has called you to handle. Those tasks, that washing the dishes and all those things, that's going to work itself out. It has to get done. Don't leave it undone. But make sure you handle what God has called you to handle. Because you can't do what your husband's supposed to do. You have to do what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. So um, so first, and, and it's been said, but it's, it, it, it bears repeating. Um, so I'm going to address this, and I like the way, I like that at the end of all of the questions, because there was a series of questions in this question, the last uh, statement that was made was, what do I do? So I can appreciate that, because uh, that means that you want to hear, and I hope that's the case, that you want to hear and that you want to do what is right, what, what the godly counsel is, is, is giving you to follow. So... First, you must remember your role as a woman, a wife, and a mother. Your role, your role as a woman, a wife, and as a mother. Understand that grace is given for the role. God has established mothers, wives, He's established that already, and he's established husbands. And in those roles, he's given the grace. It comes with it, the grace and the ability to do. Now, you have to step into that role and accept the grace and seek the grace that comes along with your role. Okay? So... Understand that you cannot take the role. You cannot, because I, I, I heard, I hear in the question. Uh, so basically, I'm stepping up to lead. Well, you not, you're not leading the home. That is not your role to lead the home. You cannot step into somebody else's role. You can't because grace is not given to you for that. Grace is given to you to be the wife, not to be the husband. Okay, so that's you need to keep keep that in mind. It will not work if you try to do it the other way. So you must remember that you cannot always change your situation, 
but you can always change your thought about the situation. You can't always change the situation, but you can always change your thinking about the situation. What you can control, what you can control, you do that. You change. But whatever you cannot control, you change your outlook and your attitude towards it. See, that, that makes a big difference. That makes a big difference. Because no matter what you're doing in the household, if you have the proper attitude about it, then it won't bother you. If you have the proper attitude about it, you can do it with ease. Just think about things that you want to do. Right? The things that you want to do. When you want to go shopping, I don't care if it's raining, I don't care if it's snowing, I don't care if it's whatever. If you want to go shopping, you're going to go. And that rain is not going to bother you. You're going to have the attitude, oh no, i got to get to that. It's the, see, unlike a person like me, I don't want to go shopping anyway. So if it's raining, that's an excuse for me to stay home. It's the attitude. Right? So you always keep that in mind. It's the attitude. Now, here is what I can change. In that situation, here is what I can change. Here is what I can control. So you take notes. If this is your question, you need to take notes because this is what, this is what you need to be following. This is what you need to be doing. My expectation, what I can change and control is my expectation of how our home should run and what my husband should be doing and my outlook on the responsibilities of my home. See, that is what you need to relinquish. What you need to relinquish, it talks about, should I relinquish what I'm doing? No, what you need to relinquish is your expectation of how the home should run. Why do I say that? Because you cannot look at somebody else's relationship. So you might look at Minister Martin and his wife, Minister Hasten and his wife, Deacon Whitfield and his wife. You might look at them when you're out with them. You know, if, if we're at church, you see their demeanor, you see how they interact. If you're out with them, you may see how they interact in their demeanor. But your household does not run the same way their household runs. So you cannot have that same expectation of what you see in their marriage and what you see in yours. If you have the privilege to go to their home and, and, and have a meal with them or whatever, you just spend time with them in their home. Again, their home functions the way their home functions. Why? Because their personalities are different from your personalities. Minister Martin's personality is different from your husband's personality. Minister Martin's strengths and weaknesses are different from your husband's strengths and weaknesses. So you have to have that attitude. Think, think, just think about those things. Where Minister Martin might be able to take care of the finances and that's his strength and he can do that and they've decided to do that the, the way, that way in their home doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to function the way that same way in your home. That might be your strength and your husband's weakness. So you cannot, you cannot look at someone else's relationship and function how their home function and decide you're going you're gonna to align that with yours because that's not going to work. The functionality and the operation in one home will not work in another because the people are different, the dynamics are different, and there are different strengths and weaknesses. Okay? So that's number one. I can control my expectation. I can change my thought pattern on the expectation of what should, who should be doing what in the home. My communication style. I can change my communication style. 
How? First of all, you need to always pray. We always say that. Always pray and see God before you talk to your spouse about anything. The scripture says, and take this to heart. Sometimes we, we, we hear scriptures and we, you know, we use it for one thing but not the other. The scripture tells us that in all of our ways acknowledge God and he will direct our path. That means in everything that you do, always seek him. And that's very important when you're communicating with your spouse. You need to see God on what to say, when to say, and how to say. What to say, when to say, and how to say. So that's important. You can control your communication style and your approach. You never approach your husband. Never approach your husband as if you're talking to the children. You never approach him about what he should be doing. About what you want him to do. You know, that, think about yourself. When somebody's trying to tell you what to do, you shut down immediately. Don't tell me. Your spouse is the same way. He's a man. He's a man. And you have to understand how men function. It's already in him. Although he may not, he may, you may not see it manifested, it's already in him to lead his home. It's already in him. Remember what I said at the very beginning, because grace is given. Remember what I said? He may not be walking in the grace, he may not be seeking the grace, but it's already in him. And that's the way you've got to treat him. That's the way you've got to treat him. That's why I say it's important that you have the knowledge of the roles. And you stick to the knowledge of the roles, no matter what is going on. You stick to what God has said. Okay? So, now... Express So you can express your concern about your situation. If you're tired, you can express that. But don't express it from the viewpoint of, you, I, you know, I'm tired because you don't do this and because you don't do that and because I got the... You, it's the attitude. Always, you, your communication style should always, what our pastor say, should always be in love. It should always be uplifting. It should always be encouraging. And you can do that while expressing the concern about you. You can do that. I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm doing this. But you, know, you notice the, the, the tone in my voice? See, you can't go to him fussing. Somebody's fussing at you, you what you going to do? Shut down. I don't want to hear nothing else you got to say. Because I can't get past your attitude. That's why I say you have to approach God about how to say, when to say, and what to say. So you can express your concern about you, you being tired. You can, you can do that. You can do that. If he's a man of God, praying will help. And if he's a man of God, he will hear you in the proper. But now, okay, so but, but now, if it doesn't change, if it doesn't change, my focus on my role in the home as a woman, as a wife, and as a mother. And I can still, I'm still going to have that attitude of no matter what he does, I am going to function in my role as a mother, as a wife first, as a woman, as a wife, and as a mother. I'm going to function. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis 2 and 18. Here's some things. We, we, I'm not going to be able to get to all of this, but here's some things 
concerning the role. This is about the role of a, a woman, a wife, and a mother. 2.18. Am I in two? And the Lord God said, it is, and he didn't even say it is. He said, God said, not good. He didn't even say it is. He said, not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. You are a good thing. You are his help meet. That man cannot be alone. God said it. So he has put, God has put in you, he has put in your role as a wife, he has put in you everything you need to help that man do and meet whatever it is that needs to be done and needs to be met. That's an attitude. That's an attitude. Because no matter what, if my husband don't pick up, if he don't do the finances, if he don't, listen, I am his help, I'm his good thing. He can't do this without me. That's an attitude. I am his help me. I am suitable. I am flexible. I can do whatever it is that needs to be done. Forget about what he does and what he does not do. What does God say about me? What God says about me, that's who I am. <laughs> that's who I am. And that's who I want to be. Genesis chapter, no, Psalms 128. I'm going to get to this. Uh, yeah, uh, Psalms 128. I love this. Psalms 128. And let's look at verse 3. 128 and 3. And the scripture reads, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children, like olive plants round about thy table. We're going to focus on the first part. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. A wife should be as a fruitful vine by the sides of his house. Vines are versatile. Unlike a plant, they're stiff. A vine is versatile. A vine grows, a vine covers. The vine can cover the ground and the vine can grow up. Whatever is needed, that's what happens. A vine is multifunctional. (laughs) It's multifunctional. It can cover the ground and it can grow up. You are the wife should be as a vine by the size of a you cover. Vine by the size of the house. You cover the house. And you're versatile. You can do and you can be whatever it is. You're multifunctional. You know that. All these things you said that you've been doing, you already know that. But now it's just time to change the attitude about it. It's time to change the attitude about it. Because that's why you are there. God created you 
for that. I'm not going to, oh, Proverbs 19. This is going to be my last one, I promise. Proverbs 19. Because Minister Castile already did Psalms, so we're not going to go there. Uh, Proverbs 19. Let me get there quickly. And 19 and 4. Proverbs 19 and 4. And it reads, did I write the right scripture? Oh, no, I didn't write the right scripture. Okay. Proverbs 14. 14 and... Nineteen and fourteen. Okay, let's see. Yes, thank you so much, sister. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife is from the Lord. What is a prudent wife? That means she's attentive. Prudent. That means that she understands and she makes to understand. Prudent. She's wise. She understands her role and she makes to understand. She makes to understand. She is, uh, uh, she considers. She gives skill and understanding as a teacher to her children. She gives skill and understanding as a teacher to her children. And she causes to prosper. She causes her home to prosper. She causes her husband to prosper. She causes her children to prosper. Whatever she put, listen, this is what God has put in you. Whatever a woman, because a woman is a life giver, physically and naturally, she can bring life to people, right? Giving birth, as in giving birth, but she can also bring life to any situation. And she can bring life to a room. She can bring life to a space where she puts her hands to. God is in her role as a woman. God has already designed her to do that. To bring life. And just think about it that way. That you're bringing life to your family. You're bringing life to your husband. You're bringing life to your household. When you are functioning in your role, in your responsibility. That is your role as a woman and as a wife. God has already ordained you and put that in you. The attitude. It's the attitude. Amen. Um, I just want to jump into um, what Minister Stinson was talking about communication. Uh, pop, pop over to Proverbs chapter 14. And, and this prudent wife, this virtuous woman. Um, Minister Sisterson was saying, you want to talk to your husband, but there's a certain way you want to do it. Because, first of all, you don't want to assume, you know, I don't, I don't know, I just know this question. I don't know the background. I don't know what's been said, what has been done in this household. But you don't want to assume that somebody knows how you feel. You know, like some people may say, well, that person is always cooking, so they love to cook. No, they just cook because they have to eat. And then you, you, and you're like, oh, well, I never asked them. So you took for granted. So I'm not saying your husband doesn't know this, but you want to make sure that you have this conversation. You want to have this communication. And you want to be that prudent, wise wife. Um, Proverbs chapter 14. 
says, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. So when you talk and you have communications and you, have, you, you deal with your, your family and especially your spouse, you want to have the right conversation. You want to have the right motive. You want to have the right mindset. So in this question, you can kind of tell that this person's tired, probably a little frustrated. When we get tired, when we get frustrated, our emotions start to rev up. We deal with things out of emotion, especially if we think we're maybe caring a little bit more than somebody else or maybe a lot more than somebody else. So when you talk to them, you kind of snap at them. Or in this case, you may be like, well, I'm doing everything, so they're just a child like the rest of the children. But that's not where you're going to come from. Because Minister Stinson just explained it, that's not going to help at all. That's going to pluck down. That's going to pull your house down. So you want to build your home up according to God's standard. So when you're going in and you're dealing with your husband, you want to deal with him the way God has told you to deal with him. You're going to go in. Let's go over to, I think we went over to this last week, but we're going to look at it one more time in First Peter um, chapter 3. So you want to have the right conversation, you want to have the right mindset, and it just can't be part of the time, it has to be all the time. As Minister Stinson was saying, you've got to change the way you think about these things. This is the role that God has given you. This is your God-given role. And, and yes, it's going to be some work because you've got to work it out. God has put it in you, but you've got to work it out. So let's look over here, and we're going to read uh, just the first four verses. And we're actually going to read down to verse four, and we're going to work our way up with the explanation. Likewise. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting the hair, of wearing of gold, or of putting on apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Once again, I looked at that. So we, we just talked about the Proverbs 31 woman, and her price is greater than rubies. And over here it talks about this meek and uh, quiet spirit, which God says is of great price. So you can see, when you have the right heart, and when you have the right mind, when you've submitted yourself to God, that is of great price. And it says in here, it says, do this in your husband. He may not be obeying the word, but he's going to see the word in you. He's going to see you walking in the word. So when you have this conversation, you're going to have this conversation with the mindset, I'm not tearing down my house. I'm going to have a meek and quiet spirit. So what does that mean? It means I'm calm. I'm self-controlled. I'm not anxious. And I think it was, it, was, it was mentioned fear in this question. That fear, you know what? I've given that fear to God. And I've said, God, you, you, you lead me in this. You're spiritually mature. That means that, you know what, all these things we've talked about, you've prayed. You've gotten yourself in line with what God has said. And then you're going to go and you're going to, as Minister Sin said, you're going to pray about this. You're going to go into these conversations prayerfully. And you're going to be led by the Spirit and not your emotions. And remember always, because, you know, you start talking and you start mentioning things, may get a little emotional. And just remember, the goal of this is to build your home up in the standard of God, not to tear it down. So when things come up that could build, to pull your home down, and you know your husband, you know what's going to irritate him, you know, what, you know how to go into this. You, you're married to him. So you go into that understanding that. Then one thing you have to do, Minister Stinson mentioned expectation. 
let go of the expectation of what you think your husband is going to respond. So you're going in and you're just saying, you know, you're letting him know, I'm overwhelmed. You're not going in saying that, I'm going to say, I'm overwhelmed and he's going to say, I'm going to do it all, baby. Or, you don't need to be overwhelmed. No, you're not going in with an expectation of what he's going to do. You're going in knowing what you're going to do. So let go of that. Let go of saying, I'm right and I want to prove him wrong. All of that has to be let go because you have to realize if that's your motivation, you don't need to have this conversation. You need to check your motivation. Are, are you coming from this out of place of love? Are you building up? Are you exhorting? Or are you coming out of place of frustration, anger, and wanting him to see you don't do anything? You need to do more. That's not what you're going to do. You're having this conversation so that you can have intimacy with your husband, not trying to make him change. Because once again, you can't change him. You can only do what you've been called to do. So you go into this conversation, and you have the right attitude. You have the meek and quiet spirit. You say how you're feeling. You don't have to go into all the details. Just say how you're feeling. If you tell somebody you're overwhelmed, they're going to understand that you're overwhelmed. You live in the same house with this person. They know what goes on. You don't have to bring all that stuff up and try to make it, I do more. There's no scale here saying you do this, I do that. Just go in with a meek and quiet spirit and communicate properly with your husband. And when you do this in the right way, in the right time, with that meek and quiet spirit, they're going to see God through you. They're going to see God working through you. So you can let them know what's going on in the proper way. Amen? Wow. I'm so glad you went there. Everything is just on point. Uh, Let me say this. There's a three-word phrase that runs throughout the Scriptures, at least the New Testament, that sometimes we kind of miss. All right, y'all ready for this? You ready for this? And especially the one who asked, asked this question. Ready for this? Your own husband. First Peter three and one. You're there. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. It says so in Ephesians. Mentions it in Colossians. Refers to it in Titus. Says it here in First Peter chapter three. Your own husbands. What does that mean? That's who you marry. Minister Simpson made mention of it already. You didn't marry somebody else's husband. That's your husband. He's not like, but that's your husband. He's not supposed to be like anybody else. You didn't choose somebody else. You chose them. So then the question becomes, I'm going to come back to this. The question then becomes, what does your husband want? Because we're going to talk about subjection. I'm going to do this real quick. Watch. I'm going to show you how to subject yourselves in a meek and a quiet spirit. As it was just made mention of, you've got to communicate properly. And I want to let you know this. We hear your tiredness. We know that, and we do understand that people can be overwhelmed. And, and hopefully you've heard this. You don't go to your husband and say, you know what, you need to, I'm doing everything. You don't do that. And let me, let me, let me give this to you. You don't tell him what to do. You don't tell him what to do with an attitude. You don't tell him what to do without an attitude. You don't tell him what to do. Oh, we got quiet on that one. Oh, no, we're in First Peter chapter 3. It still refers to this. But that's your own husband, all right? And, and you have a role that's already been made mention of. You stay in your role. Now, what can happen is you can be anxious, but be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God. And if you want to get into details and, and tell God what he needs to do, tell God what he needs to do. But if you don't tell your husband what he needs to do, that's when you treat him like a child. And let me tell you, you don't, you don't hint at what he needs to do. 
You don't say brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. You don't say stuff like that. You don't bring somebody else into that conversation. What do you do? You share, just as it was just made mention of, that you're feeling overwhelmed. And leave it there. Don't say anything else. Ooh, and I want to go back here, and, and I'm, I'm going to make mention of this, and some of you might remember, some of you may not remember. This is when you hold up the rod. Because the man who does not trust in God, or the woman who does not trust in God, sees that and hears that and says, no, that's not wise counsel. That's unorthodox. How am I going to get him to do what I need him to do if I don't tell him what he needs to do? No, no, no. What you're doing is you are obeying God. Don't forget who you are. You are a child of God. You're a citizen of the kingdom. You're in his jurisdiction. And this is his institution. And he told you how to make it work. He's given roles. Your role is to submit. But he's not giving me anything to submit to. Really? We're coming back to that. What does your husband want? Now, you say he's passive, and again, I don't know what necessarily passive is, but chances are he probably told you what he wants somehow, some way. He's probably verbalized. You might say he doesn't verbalize. I believe he's probably giving you every cue that he could give you under the sun. Listen to this. I'll say this real quick. Just, just for me. I'm talking about me now. See, I'm Tanya's own husband. She has to deal with me. And one thing I cannot stand, and this is just me, I'm just bringing up something real simple. I can't stand lights on in the house, windows open, curtains open, and I don't care if it's dusk. I, 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 don't, I can't stand that. And I know it irritates her sometimes when I bring that up, like, I'm coming in the house, lights are on, windows are open. That's a very simple thing. And so she'll probably close them, go about her business, but she has to stop and think, is he giving me a cue? And no doubt, if she thinks for a while, you know, he sure does like his privacy. Oh, when I think about that, see, in the very simplest of things. See, when you're looking for somebody to lead, now here's the question, what do you think leading is? Leading is nothing if you do not submit. And you might be looking at something different than what he's giving you cues to do. Just do what he's giving you cues or he's verbalizing he needs you to do. In those simple things, you'll be able to hear God. And then you can be a help in your life home. See, see, but this is what 1 Peter 3 says. Likewise, you eyes be in subjection to your own husband. What does he want? Even if he's not some spiritual giant that's giving you some spiritual direction, in the direction he gives you, follow it because that's your husband. And you don't need to tell him what he needs to do to be like somebody else. If any obey not the word according to your doctrine, <laughs> likewise, you eyes be in subjection to your own husband that if any obey not your word, they also may, without your word, be won by the conversation of the wise. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Let me say this real quick. Coupled with fear. That, that is reverence. It's not just what you do. It's how you do it. So when you do, when my wife closes the curtains, you know, she can't be crossing her eyes. Say, well, I didn't have to do this at home. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. Couple it with fear. See, while he beholds your chaste conversation coupled with fear... Who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of a pair, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, check this out, in the old time, the holy woman, also who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. There it is again, their own husbands. You're not Abraham. (laughs) 
You may not be, you may not be, I don't know who you are. You may not be David, but, but whoever your husband is, that is who your husband is. Be in subjection to him. But in old time, they understood, well, that's my husband. And they subjected themselves. Verse 6, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are. As long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Now, this is a little bit different fear than was mentioned in verse number 2. See, because in verse number 2 is do it and do it in reverence. Why? Because that's the instruction of God. He knows how, this is the institution, he knows how it works. But he says, now, when they did it, they were not afraid with any amazement. Let me tell you, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to end right here because we're out of time. But let me tell you, when you say that I am tired and I'm afraid, you are on the cusp of being afraid with amazement. But what you need to do is go back, find out what your husband has requested, what he's verbalized, what he's cued to you. Start there, do that, hold up the rod, stand back, and watch God work. And we're out of time. We knew we were going to have a hard time getting everything in on this one, but hopefully whoever asked this question and those of you who may have had something like this in your mind have benefited from it. Let's go to God in prayer. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.